Jano Media, in association with Get Over It Productions, brings you The Wrath of Josie Steggles, a revenge comedy podplay in five parts. Having infiltrated enemy territory, Josie stalks her prey from the camouflage of her feather duster. And as she gets to know Darren personally, a mite more personally than she'd like, in fact, she begins to understand why the universe has brought them together. Her conversations with another young woman who has been wronged by him give Josie a clearer understanding of what it is she must do. The Wrath of Josie Steggles is sponsored by Three Spirit Drinks, award-winning botanical elixirs and alt wines designed for flavour and function. And right now, if you make a purchase through the Three Spirit Drinks website using the promo code SEEN, you can get 15% off your first order. That's S-C-E-N-E for 15% off. And now, back to Josie in episode two, as she entrenches herself in the world of Darren. I approach Darren's house and wonder, as I stand before him face to face, if he'll recognise me, remember barging into me in town, humiliating me. But we barely make eye contact. He's much more preoccupied with the reason his previous cleaner left. Stealing bitch. She nicked my watch, my fucking Rolex. So I confronted her, had a right go. Then three days later, I only found it in my jacket. Trouble is, I'd already sacked her, hadn't I? As I contemplate this, the reality logic that the previous cleaner wasn't actually a stealing bitch... Darren goes, six pounds an hour, and without waiting for an answer, hands me a key. We arrange Mondays and Thursdays. Cash. Less hassle. Three weeks goes by. The world of Darren. It's all so very manly. Black leather sofa... Games console. Massive TV. Weights. A few trophies. Chess. Nope. Cage fighting. Now, usually, I let myself in. Because he works late. I wouldn't want to disturb him. Although, I can be rather clumsy and drop the hoover sometimes. Oops. Some mornings, he's just getting up. I see him through the open bedroom doorway as he wanders around naked, his thing swinging back and forth like a pendulum. He might glance up and see me, me, in full view of his manhood. But he's not that bothered, because in his mind, he's the king. Whatever. He reaches for a towel and then downstairs he goes. A quick stop at the mirror to check the glamour muscles, the pecs, the biceps. He must be very concerned that they'll disappear overnight to keep checking them all the time. But it's okay, still there. Better check again, just in case. Then into the kitchen and over to the fridge to take out one of his precious 
smoothies. Homemade. Ginger, spinach, banana, blueberries. To give him superpowers. Sometimes, as I secretly observe him, I ponder my revenge plans. Oh, you see, I haven't forgiven him for what he did. No chance. We have unfinished business. Maybe I'll wait for him to go out. Throw a bucket of paint in his wardrobe. Ruin his suits. And I'll disappear. <laughs> hmm. There's no rush, Josie. You'll know when. Often in the mornings when I arrive, there are signs of the night before. A couple of half-empty tumblers, a pair of knickers down the side of the sofa, used condoms on the bedroom floor. Does he expect me to pick them up? Really? Yuck. Occasionally, his female acquaintances are still there. They often look baffled, as if awoken from a trance. They wonder why Darren has suddenly become cold and distant and can't even give them a lift home. One time, after getting his latest conquest out of the door, Darren takes me by surprise. He stops to admire my cleaning work, my ability to rid his home of the stench of semen, rum and spliffs. And without looking directly at me, says, Judith, here. He takes out his wallet and pays me an extra ten pounds. And in that moment, I realise I've become more than a cleaner to him. I'm his accomplice. Back in my flat, the mobile phone buzzes. It's mum. She's worried. Because I finished my master's last year. Literature. And she doesn't understand why I'm still in Cardiff. I tell her I want to do a PhD. I love words. Romance to feel alive. She says, To what end, Josie? People don't understand you. And I want to say, I'm not coming home because I don't want you to feel sorry for me, to look down on me, because you and Dad, you don't understand. You make me feel bad about myself. You wonder when I'll get a better job, a career, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and I don't want either. I just want you to leave me alone. I want to be by myself. But I don't say those things. And my mum says, Me and your dad, we think you're wasting your time. And a buckle. And say, I know you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Thursday morning, on the way to Darren's house. I see him leaving at the front door. 
He's on the phone, heading down the street towards me. Yeah, bro, I'm fucking knackered. Did you nail that blonde piece? I often get snippets of Darren's conversations with his mates. They talk in this bizarre language of nailing, smashing things and avoiding things that are filth. As Darren gets closer, I wonder, will he smile at me? Has there been progress in our relationship now he considers me an accomplice? No. Straight past. Thanks, Darren twat. So I unlock the door, step inside, carry the hoover upstairs and I hear a sound coming from the bedroom. Great. There's a girl in there crying. I decide to ignore her. I'll do the living room first. I head back to the stairs. The crying. It becomes less of a sob. More of a whimper. And there's a certain tone to it. Something I recognise. And I guess I'm going a bit soft. I'd better check on her. I approach the room. Knock on the door. No answer. I push the door open. I see her back. She's crouched on the bed, rocking. You all right there? I, I don't know how I got here. It was a mistake. What's your name? Sean. You want me to phone someone? No, I... I must have drunk too much. Who are you? Me? I'm just a cleaner. Downstairs, I make Sean a cup of tea, find her some paracetamols and we chat. She's young, her hair in messy blonde streaks, a few piercings. She's not Darren's usual type. More of an indie kid. She tells me, I was at the club with my friends last night, but ended up losing them. I, I got talking to Darren. I was trying to find my friends. He bought me a drink. He seemed lovely, funny. I, I think he must have invited me back to his house. Think? I, I don't know. He must have, otherwise... Sean's confused. There's a memory gap between how she ended up in bed with Darren. She switches conversation, tries to normalise things. I'm only in my first year in uni. I've got my end of term exams coming up next week. I'm so nervous. I need to revise. Nervous enough to shake, though. Nervous enough to try to convince herself some wrong hadn't happened to her. No. This girl has been damaged, and her brain is going into ultra-defensive mode, trying to block out the bad stuff, reduce the swelling. But the trouble is, you can't, and there's nothing I can do except, well, listen to her, and then order her a taxi. And before she leaves, she smiles at me, touches my hand, and says, Thank you. For what? Caring. 
I stand there for several moments. I bite my lip because it's trembling. The male species, in general, can be pretty vile. Fact. I remember the first year of high school. Andrew Pritchard. A good-looking, popular kid decided to give me a nickname. At the time, I was a little plump. And so he could have called me Dumpy or Fatty. But that wasn't enough for him. No, that would have been way too nice. He opted for something far more hurtful. He decided to label me disgusting. <laughs> and for some reason, the nickname stuck all through high school to the point where even my so-called friends started calling me it. Disgusting. Did you do your homework? Disgusting. Have you got a date for the prom? And that night, I used to dream of doing something to Andrew, paying him back by jabbing him in the eye with a compass. And maybe I should have, because by the end of school, Andrew was off to some posh university and was always going to be successful. And I bet he continued to hurt people. His behaviour left unchecked. And now... I begin to consider Darren, who brought those painful memories back to me. Darren. Because the thing is, my own personal plans for revenge, of wrecking his house, seem insignificant now. Because after Sean leaves, I go through his things, look for evidence, and find drugs in his wardrobe, sleeping pills. And it becomes clear he's not just some vain, overgrown thug, some brick-head Lothario with a big cock. No, he's an evil sociopath who's been drugging at least some of the girls he meets, luring them back to his lair, making sure he gets his way. And he'll keep hurting them, damaging them, making sobs turn to whimpers. And maybe I'm not the most obvious girl's girl. But Sean's awakened something in me, a feeling like now I give a shit. And so, for the first time in ages, I have clarity of mind. Purpose. Because... I decide Darren has to be stopped. And not in some temporary way, like a little prison sentence where he'll get back out eventually. No, it has to be a permanent fix. Because I've decided I'm going to... I'm going to kill him. The Wrath of Josie Steggles is written by Kevin Jones, stars Maddie McMahon, and is directed by Scott Lacrasse. It's a Jano Media podcast in association with Get Over It Productions. If you enjoyed this pod play, please leave us a review. All feedback is welcome. And head over to the other podcast we make, The Scene, Tiny Pieces of Portable Theatre. 
The scene is dedicated to giving new writing and fringe theatre a digital reach beyond the stage. Follow us everywhere at the scene underscore pod.